Nebraska on Tap, the source for everything educational and informational about groundwater in agriculture. If you are an ag producer or a citizen of Nebraska, this show is made for you by the Middle Republican Natural Resource District. Now it's time for our weekly show, hosted by Heather Disming. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in this week with us. Today, our show is going to be on soil moisture sensors. Uh, different brands offer different benefits. Some high-tech moisture sensors can deliver real-time data to producers, revealing the detailed moisture content and temperature of the fields at different depths and at different times of the day. So farmers are then able to determine vital information about their crops, including how deep the roots have penetrated and how well the plants are utilizing the fertilizer at different depths and just most generally speaking this probe data is wirelessly sent in real time for easy to manage dashboard so this allows users and agronomists to monitor their fields anytime and place producers are able to actively manage their irrigation efforts based on this hard data which is very nice if you are very familiar with the costs associated with pumping and labor to run each pivot um, which can be estimated around a thousand dollars. It's kind of like a fuel gauge for your car. Um, how much moisture you started with, and then versus adding, and then you know how much the roots are taking out of the ground, and then you kind of average about how deep you're putting that water back in, so you can get your best water management. Um, and then these moisture sensors just help with that because moisture sensor technology not only reduces the pumping cost but may also improve crop growth and yield by helping farmers to avoid, uh, you know, the detrimental effects caused by overwatering based on soil conditions. And, you know, and then also if you've uh, chemigated the nutrient leaching as well, especially if we get like pop-up thunderstorms um, that happen unexpectedly and you've been, you know, watering throughout the day. So it really helps with that is what Ryan was telling us. And we'll get into that interview here in just a little bit. It was so great to talk to him. But so with the install of these sensors, they like to do it early in the season to assure proper operation. And then early installation also helps minimize root damage and allows times for those sensors to acclimate to the soil moisture conditions. So I talked to Ryan Overlease. He is an agronomist and he took the time to come in and talk to us about how he deals with soil moisture probes out in the field um, for his job. So we are going to get into that interview. So hold tight. I'm Ryan Overlease. I'm from Axtell, Nebraska, and I run a business called Acre Insights LLC here in South Central Nebraska um, between Bertrand and Hastings, about 20 miles north to south up to the Platte River. So I've been doing about 10 years now. I've brought Ryan on to the show today to talk to us a little bit about moisture probes, just because here in the Middle Republican NRD, we are really focusing a lot on water conservation with our new telemetry meters. I just wanted to know how your moisture probe career has been with precision farming and what the farmers are looking for when they hire you to come do moisture probe um, technology for them. Yeah, uh, really the reason that I kind of wanted to get into this was because when soil moisture sensors came out, um, I heard a lot of people 
saying that they just didn't really understand them. And the number one question I always ask them is how they liked them. And the grower would usually say, well, I don't even know my log, so I haven't even looked at it this year. Uh, and, that, and that was just something that kind of tripped me and wondering why we had a technology that we weren't utilizing to its most potential. And that was just something that I was really interested in starting in a little bit more. Uh, but I did start as an agronomist and I helped my dad. And I just really found that the, the moisture sensing and the technology part was really a lot more for me. When farmers just get so busy, they do forget to log into those things and see, you know, the accuracy of the data that they could possibly be utilizing when it comes to turning on their pivots, right? Yep. Yep, absolutely. And so when I did start the business, one of my main goals was to, whether that grower knew his login and password, or if, even if he didn't want to look at the data, I wanted to be the one that could relay that data to him in a relatable way. So I started off sending uh, just text messages or emails two times a week to each grower on a per field basis from what I was seeing from the data. That way it's a lot easier for me looking at a big batch of probes and figuring out how to read data. It's a lot easier for me to do that than it is for one grower to maybe look at three or four or 10 or however many it is and learn exactly how to interpret those numbers. Yeah, and then when do you usually install moisture probes? Uh, most of our installations happen in the last week of May and the first couple weeks of June. We try to get them in before the corn is 12 inches tall, 12 to 18 inches tall, really. I put them in as early as when the corn's about two inches tall. And you can do that as long as you've got a really good uniform stand and you know which plants are the runt plants and which plants are going to be the strong plants. And when you also put them in the field, do you look at like the field maps and the, the terrain of the field? Yeah, one of the number one tools that I actually use is Google Earth uh, because we can look back now on just regular satellite imagery for really probably the past 20 years. And one of the number one things that I look for is like old farmsteads or an old bin site or somewhere where there was a major cut spot years ago prepping for gravity irrigation. And a lot of the times we get in-season imagery from those too. And so you can see where the drought spots are and where the good spots are. But the second thing that I use is typically yield maps, merge a couple years of those together and then see where the most average spot in the field is because if we're just catering to that sandy knob out in your field that takes up about two acres, then we're probably going to overwater your field. Right, because sandy soil will have a tendency to drain that water a little bit faster, correct? Yep. And it's it's this it's the same thing with the opposite. If we've got if we've got a really sandy field and there's twenty percent of that field that's got some heavier soils, we're gonna be definitely overwatering and leaching too much. And do you check the different types of soils? Yep, that is a really important part to see how the soil stratifies throughout those top three to four feet. Um, the probes that I use, some of them are, some are 18 inches, some are uh, 24 inches, and some are 36 inches. So a lot of times when we drill that hole, I can see how much of a dark organic matter we have on top. We can see if there's a sandy stratification layer two feet down yeah it's i mean that is one of the most important parts but another really important part is just to check what the overall moisture is in the soil when you are installing that way you know when you're starting off the season when you're looking at those graphs and you don't really have any historical 
data yet, you know if you're on the high side or the low side for moisture. All right, Ryan, can you just give me a little description on how the moisture probes work? Yeah, um, on the most basic level, the moisture probes read like a change in the water volume in the soil and the capacity of that soil to hold water. So the greatest thing about one probe in a field is we can see the overall trend lines. So I can see if a field has been using 20 hundredths a day or 40 hundredths a day. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been using a relatively low amount of water per day as these temperatures have cooled off a little bit. But in those last couple of weeks of July, our water usage was about double what it is now. So the probes have sensors every four inches all the way down to that 36 inch mark. Um, and we can look at each one of those sensor levels for that trend line to see what it's reading. That way we can see how deep the roots are. Um, or we can smash all of those sensors together and just kind of look at that overall profile. But like I said, in the most basic sense, they read the change in the water volume on an hourly basis. Wow, that's very interesting. I know there's so much technology that goes into that. And you and clearly they're, t they're telemetry moisture probes, correct? Since you're able to look at them online and see the status and all that? Yep, yep. And so each probe is also connected to a telemetry box and they've each got a 4G modem in them. Um, a couple of years ago, we had to go through that transition from 3G to 4G with Verizon. Um, and we were a little bit nervous just to see how the signal would be, but there's a lot of them that I don't even have an antenna that's taller than 12 inches down in that corn canopy and it gets a good signal, good readings all year long. In those telemetry boxes, typically they send readings up to the cloud about every three hours, but the probe is actually taking a reading about every 30 minutes. So we'll get multiple readings uh, with every packet of data that comes in there. And we can change those if, uh, if it's more of an experimental field or if it's something that we're having a lot of trouble with, we can change it to send every hour, or every six hours or however, however long you might want it to send. Yeah, that's awesome. I know I was just um, talking with our general manager, Jack, about the last acre act that Senator Deb Fisher is trying to get through right now to get us all broadband to help our experience with precision farming get a little bit better, especially because cell service can sometimes be lacking out here where we have a lot of hills and valleys, so. Yep, and there's there's definitely fields that they still do cause us trouble, and I've, I've had to put antennas in fields that are 20 feet tall before, um, just to get a little bit of signal. It doesn't happen very often, but luckily in my area, we are blessed with a pretty good cell phone signal. <laughs> yeah, I know here my friends are like, oh, uh, she'll call me back, I'm like going down the hill. Yep, yep. <laughs> so the apps that we use, um, you can use it on uh, phone, Android, iPhone. Um, it's also got a website. So for the majority of my customers, I use the CropX uh, data platform. A lot of them, I also use Aramax Live, which is a product from Centec, which is the company that makes a lot of the hardware. But I've switched a little more towards CropX over the past couple of years, just because it's a lot easier for that grower to interpret the data. And really the goal is for the grower to be able to look at the data anytime they want to, because I don't always want them depending on a report for me on 
Mondays and Thursdays. Because if I send a report on a Monday and it rains Monday night, then that, that recommendation is out of date for the next four days. So I'm trying to get to a system where each of those growers can look at his probes and be able to figure out when he needs to water and how much he needs to water at any time of day. Yeah, that brings up a good point because when we have those really dry years, clearly you know that the moisture is coming directly from the irrigation. And then when it does rain, it is very interesting that you need a little extra time just because of rain, how much rain, depending on how much soil moisture is already there, you know, depends on how it's really. Yeah, and we had that last week in July um, that we had, well, really the last two weeks of July where it was just really, really hot. We were starting to see a lot of pivots not be able to keep up. And that's, we really have had a pretty mild summer this year. And so if we would have had any more of that, we would have been in big trouble. But after that, thank goodness, we got a really nice rain and it kind of refilled everything for us. Uh, our backyard farmers, when it comes to using their resources, of the aquifer that we have here, how do moisture probes help them out? I have sensors on growers that have one field to sensors on growers that have 30 plus fields and they might have them on every field. Um, I've seen a lot more adoption over the past couple of years of having a sensor on every single field just because you can really gauge where your whole farm is at. But there also are times when it's okay just to have one on one or two fields. Um, the problem I start to see is if we start using one probe to manage a field for five to six fields in the neighboring area, say they're all within five miles. A lot of times I tell growers, um, I use the gas tank analogy. So if I have two pickups and I'm driving each one during the week, I use the fuel gauge for both pickups to gauge when I need to fill each one of them up. I don't just use the gas gauge from one of my pickups to judge, even though I think they've gotten roughly the same amount of miles. But the nice thing about technology is it's very similar to computers and laptops, iPads, anything that we see in that realm. Sometimes pricing does start to go down as the technology becomes a little bit more available. So where we started, some of the sensors that we were getting, they used to be in the $1,500 to $2,000 range. A lot of them are now in the $700 to $1,000 range for probes with telemetry. Now, you can get probes without telemetry that you go out and manually read for under $200 if you want to. But the nicest thing about the telemetry, again, is that you can see it any time of day. All right, perfect, Ryan. Well, thank you so much for your time today. All right, so that was some great information from Ryan there. So soil moisture conditions are clearly very important when it comes to growing correctly. You know, different things can happen versus the watershed on the field, the different types of soils, um, the different type of rain rate, um, you know, and then this is a tip different type of regulations when it comes to watering your fields and everything like that. Clearly moisture sensors will help you out if you need a better gauge on how to manage the soil and the water in your field a little bit better for 
the micronutrients and the field in general to be beneficial to the plants. So you're not overwatering, creating root rot, and any other types of ailments that might come when it happens with that. I hope everybody enjoyed the show today, and we will find you again next week. Please feel free to like and subscribe to our channel on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and then also on our YouTube page, Nebraska on Tap. You can also find us on Instagram and on our Facebook page at the Middle Republican NRD. We will talk to everybody next week. Have a great day. 